Welcome to a very special episode brought to you by the Automotive Service Councils of California and the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. We're very excited to present the president of the ASCCA, Rocky Kamanian, alongside our very own Cecil Bullard and Patrick Howard. Join them in this crucial discussion about setting labor rates. Here's what's coming up. I get asked quite a bit, hey, uh, I'm thinking about getting into this business. What do you think I should be doing? I want to feel professional. I want to look professional. I want to deal with these type of clients. I want to work on these types of cars. Where am I going to be? So if you want my advice, I would I would advise you to go to take a 101 on business, take 101 in, uh, in marketing. Even if you wanted to extend yourself, take 101 in psychology. That's when you're going to have a viable business. If you don't do that, what you're going to do is set yourself up for disaster. One downturn in the industry, an economic downturn, got no reserve. Your business is hanging by a thread. To elevate and unite automotive professionals and give them voice. All right. Welcome to um, ASDCA podcast. That's the Automotive Service Council's California. Um, uh, today we have uh, Rocky. I'll mess your name up if I say the last name. Oh, I'm comedian. Not say it. It's comedian. 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 As you can tell, we have a lot of fun on these things. Um, uh, we have uh, Patrick Howard, Star uh, uh, Automotive in uh, Brea. Uh, uh, and uh, and the Institute, and we have Cecil Bullard uh, of the Institute. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, how to set your labor rate, labor rates. Uh, and before we start, I've got to do a disclaimer. Um, you know, there's a there, there's some rules here. Uh, we're not trying to set a labor rate. We're not trying to tell you to set a specific labor rate in the industry. Uh, that would be against the, the rules and against the law. What your labor rate needs to be is whatever it is, based on the right math, based on the right uh, thought process, that makes you the kind of money that you want to earn. So if you work uh, with us at the Institute, we're going to tell you you need to make 20% net, and uh, we're going to help you set your labor rate based on uh, creating a 20% uh, a net profit. Um, as we go, if you have any questions, any comments, uh, anything like that, you can use the uh, uh, the, uh, the Facebook Live uh, to put some comments in. I'm, I'll try to keep uh, uh, my eyes on that, as well as uh, you can use the comments section uh, for those of you that signed up for the uh, webinar. So uh, welcome, uh, Dave Kusa. Um, all right, uh, so labor rates, uh, you know, uh, the question is, uh, you know, I asked you this question, Rocky, before we started. What do, you, what do you want to talk about? What is it about labor rates that you, okay. the, the discussion that you want to have? So we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. Thank you. So can I start uh, with uh, who I am? I'm Rocky Kamanian, uh the current president of 2000, uh, 2018, current president of ASCCA, Automotive Service Councils of California. The core purpose of this association is to elevate and unite automotive professionals and give them voice. That's the only dog I got in the fight. Basically, um, um, I care for this association, I care for the, um, uh, in the industry, and I like to see it elevate. We need to come out of grease monkiness, and we need to get into professionalism. And in order to be doing that, the, one of the first things that we need to be figure out is to have short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. And in order to achieve all these goals, we have to have our numbers right. The, number, the essence of the numbers come from the labor rate. If, the, if we can, because that's what we start everything with. When we give estimates to the clients, when we collect money, we're collecting, doing everything over labor rate, and obviously parts also, but labor rate is very, very important. So um, we have seen some groups uh, before that we were talking about labor rates. They're comparing each other, each other's labor rates, and um, I think that's a very, very um, not a good thing to do. It's not healthy to compare your labor rate to somebody else next door or across the street or even in the other side of the city. You should come up with your labor rate according to what you want to do and what you set yourself up to. And that's the whole essence of personal. Okay. Um, uh, so, Rocky, you wanted to uh, um, help 
the owners of shops figure out how to come up with the right labor rate. Um, uh, Patrick, I see shops all the time basing their labor rate on someone else. Uh, the guy down the street, the, the, the dealer down the street. Uh, why is that maybe not the right idea? Well, it, it's, it's a perfect way to kill your business if that's what you want to do. Um, you, you've got to base your labor rate. Uh, like Rocky was saying, you, you work backwards. Most people have a pretty general idea of what their expenses are. Um, I, I start from a different point. What do I want to pay my guys? And then, and then work backwards from that. Um, I want to make sure my guys make 20 or 30% more than they would make anywhere else. Um, and, and then uh, I, I will adjust it based on my needs for my business, uh, fixed expenses, and then I want to have a 20% net profit. That's, and that's the formula. Um, if you don't do that, uh, what you're going to do is set yourself up for disaster. Uh, one downturn in the industry, uh, an economic downturn, and uh, you've got no reserve, and your business is, is hanging by a thread. Okay. Um, there's a couple of things I think I need to state right here, mm -hmm. and that is kind of how to, how to do this. Um, you know, when we think about our industry as an industry, you know, where are we in relation to other industries? And, uh, and uh, number two, how do I how do I determine what my labor rate really ought to be? What are the things I need to consider? And I think the first thing today really is how do I pay my staff? Uh, because if I can't, I mean, I think one of the largest, if not the largest problems we have in the industry, it's probably the second in my book. First is this lack of professionalism, uh, this lack of association, not to take away from the SCCA. It's a great association, but you have, um, I don't know, 37,000 automotive shops in California Yes. And I don't know what your numbers are, but it's not 37,000. No, it's not. Um, and there ought to be 37,000 people involved with the association. Yes. So not involved with the association. You're in California. Join the darn association. Yes. Um, we need your money, frankly, so that we can lobby and we can uh, have a, a fair a representation in the government. Yeah. And uh, we need to get together as an industry and create additional professionalism. All right. My, my little pitch there. Now, so if the second largest problem is the fact that uh, there's a lack of uh, qualified staff, uh, uh, good technicians in the industry, and they're becoming uh, fewer and fewer as guys age out, um, we're not bringing guys in and keeping them. And if that is the problem, then there's a couple of things that I'm going to need in my shop in order to attract and keep good employees. And one of those is I got to pay well. Yeah. Um, and I need the money, uh, frankly, in my business to have a nice place for them to work, a clean environment, uh, a couple of bays, good lighting. And I got to spend some bucks on some tools uh, so that they have the right tools. And I also have to spend some money on education. So I have to take all of that into account when I'm, when I'm setting my labor rate. Now, uh, um, I never cared what the guy down the street's labor rate was because, frankly, I don't know what his expenses are. I have no idea how he pays his staff. I don't even know if he has insurance uh, 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 for his business, and I can't do without those things. Um, so I've always set my labor rate based on two things. What do I need to pay a good employee? Uh, and, and, and let's have that discussion in just a second. And number two, what will the market bear? Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here, and some people are going to not believe what I say, but 12 years ago, uh, my shop was $158 an hour when everybody else was 100 and the dealerships were 110 to 120. Um, and we were one of the busiest shops, if not the busiest shop in town, at $158 an hour. And why were we $158 an hour? Because our, uh, our payment on our facility was $21,000 because we had a fairly high-paid manager uh, to manage the business in place and, and he had to get paid. Uh, because we uh, had loaner cars and, and uh, uh, we washed our customers' cars and we gave them a three or 36,000 mile warranty years ago. So I'm not basing my labor rate on what the guy down the street charges. If I do, I'm going to be in trouble because there's always going to be a guy down the street charging half of what they should charge. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so now if I base my labor rate on those two things, one of those 
is pretty simple. How much should a good technician make in the automotive service industry? So let's, uh, Rocky, what do you think that number ought to be? Somebody that uh, has $100,000 in tools, uh, has a, uh, a good education, understands the, the modern vehicle, knows how to do uh, proper diagnostics, and gets it right 99% of the time. How much should that person make? Well, the, all, it all depends on demographics, where you are, what, where, where you live. Um, it, it all depends on that. So it, my opinion is that, well, the range from, for the uh, labor uh, for the technicians is somewhere around, I think starts at about 15, goes all the way up to 45 or 50. Sometimes, some people make 50 bucks an hour. Depending on where they are and depending what their capabilities are, depending on a lot of other things. I, I also wanted to add to Cecil that it is, it is very important to think about the future of, for example, if you're talking about technicians, we want to talk about their productivity depending on their education, depending on their, what they're setting themselves, you're setting them for their future. Let's say if you have a, you hire a technician, you're gonna, you know, you gotta set yourself up to to raise his rates, to give him more money, to give him more benefits. All of those, all of those things that you're going to be adding to these or anticipating to add, has to be within that labor rate too. So it's it is it is very very crucial to think long term. And I think one of the biggest uh, <laughs> biggest issues in our um, our industry is that especially the younger uh, b uh, business owners, younger shop owners, which I cherish because that's, you know, they're the future of this industry. Um, they uh, tend to not to have those long-term goals because they're just, you know, they just, exactly. They, they, they think that they make certain amount of money that's good enough. And, mm -hmm. and so they don't have the short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. And, and um, I think most, mostly we are, my intent is to talk to them, to conversate with them and also to, so they can, we can elevate them into the professionalism. Sorry, I, I kind of weird off a little bit, but. No worries. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the, I'm going to ask you the same question in a different way. Um, Rocky, today, are the technicians in the automotive industry being paid what they should be paid and what they're worth? No, sir. Okay. Nope. And if we don't, no uh, if we can't combat the other industries that are sucking people out, you know, the video game industry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, guys are coming out of school uh, making 80000 100, 120000 and they've got someone doing their laundry and feeding them meals at their, at their place of business, um, uh, uh, that's a problem. I'm going to tell a brief story, and then, Patrick, we're gonna, I know you've got comments. Um, I, our, our, I came home the other day and our dryer was making this thump, thump, thump noise. And, uh, I asked my wife, you know, I said, Hey honey, dryer, what's going on? She said, it's been making that noise for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, get the washing machine repair guy out. And he comes out and it, it has a bad idler pulley, the, 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 the dryer. And he takes it apart, which takes literally two minutes to pull it, pull the casing off and, and set it aside. He's got a, a, an, an old S10 truck uh, that he parks about three blocks. Uh, he lives about three blocks from us. And um, he's got some hand tools. So he's got, uh, you know, a tool bent, you know, belt with some things on it. And uh, it takes him about two minutes. He takes it apart and he says, uh, uh, Mr. Bullard, uh, you're going to need an idler pulley. And I'd recommend we go ahead and replace the belt while we're in there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, great. How much is it going to cost? And it's $263, right? Now, now, I don't care about the $263 because this is a $1,400 dryer. You know, my wife has to have the top of the line, whatever it is. Um, and I told him, I said, great, when can you have it done? I mean, I'm just like, it's more about we have clothes that need to be dried. Get it done, right? So, you know, he, he gets the thing. He, he, he actually puts the dryer back together because he doesn't have the part comes back two days later with the part, takes about 15 minutes. So he's got a half an hour invested total. He's got an idler pulley and a belt, and it's 200 and, and, uh, 
you know, $63. Now, if I looked at the parts, the parts are probably $100 of it. So he was $160 for, you know, let's say an hour. This is the washing machine repair guy charging me somewhere between $150 and $200 an hour um, who doesn't need the kind of education or tools that my technician needs. There's something wrong in our industry when we, we, we're so held back by a third of the industry that's not charging what they need to charge. Now, yes. Patrick, your, your labor rate is, is higher in the area than, uh, than uh, most of the other shops probably. Um, tell me why, why have you done that and, and what's the result of that? Well, the first reason is I want to make sure that my technicians get paid well. Um, the second reason is I want to make sure that they have medical benefits and a retirement program, which I've implemented. Um, the third reason is um, my bills dictate that that's what I need to be at. Um, uh, I want to go back to the previous question. Um, in, in California, I can only speak to California. I, I don't know about the rest of the country, but... Uh, an A-level technician should be making uh, at minimum $80,000 a year and upwards of one hundred and one hundred twenty. That's what an A-level technician should be making at minimum. And it should probably be higher because of all the investment in tools and education that they have to have and experience, years of experience. We're not, uh, there, there's two problems that we have. Um, in, in this industry. And there's more, but uh, one of our biggest problems is um, people coming in and, and giving it away because they're basing, they're basing their labor rate on, on a discount model, uh, which is fine, whatever. I, I don't care. But who, who is it they have working for them that's doing this job? Right? Are these quality technicians that are professionally trained who have the right tools and the education to prepare your car correctly? Are they going to stand by their work? Um, that, that's, that's what gives this industry a bad name is people see, well, I can get it done for you know, half the price over here, but, but what are you really getting for that? You know, um, Yeah, maybe they can put a set of brake pads on for you. Uh, but when it comes to a more complex problem, what are you going to do when they throw a bunch of parts at it and it doesn't solve your problem? You know, it, it, it becomes a, about value. What kind of value do you bring to the clients? And, and that's where this industry has gotten it wrong for so long is we've got to find ways to bring more value, not only to our clients, but to our employees. It's key because, like you said, we're, we're, people are – aging out of this industry and nobody wants to come back into it because there's no money in it. Well, there's an interesting, uh, there's an interesting statistic, uh, uh, and, and I probably will get it a little bit wrong, but I'm, I'm close enough, um, that I heard from, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, ah, it's CarQuest number. Um, uh, we're, we're bringing in, I think 70 or 75,000 new, uh, technicians into our industry every year. Yes. They're, they're, they're coming in. Right. Yes. The problem with all the new technicians is we're not keeping them. Yes. Um, and we're not keeping them because I think there's multiple reasons. $15 an hour is not a livable wage. Um, and if I'm paying $15 an hour, can I provide tools? Can I buy tools? Can I, I learn? So we're only keeping the most hardcore automotive guys uh, from that pool uh, in the industry. Number two, um, and I'll just poor management. Um, I don't believe that most shops really understand how to manage people and how to inspire people and, and, and um, you know, create that vision, that long-term thing that Rocky's talking about. We want you here for the next 25 years. We're going to help you learn how to make 150000 because that's what you should be able to make. And we're going to charge what we need to so that we can pay that uh, to somebody. I'm not saying that I'd pay 150000 to a guy coming out of school, but we got to do better than we're doing. I think another problem is we're throwing them to the wolves. Um, we're putting them out in the bay with one of our technicians and hoping that that guy educates them and helps them. And in many cases, that guy we're giving them to is a great technician, but a poor trainer, not a guy that can really train and, and help them learn what they need to. Um, <clears throat> let's um, let's kind of uh, go, go back to this. 
How, how do I set my labor rate? If I want, I can afford to pay 40% of my labor rate to my technician. And that's got to be a loaded cost. So if I'm $100 an hour, I have 40 bucks an hour to pay to my technician when he or she is 100% productive. As productivity goes down, and our industry average is about 72% right now, um, then I can afford to pay less and less because they're not giving me the hours for the hours that I'm paying. Um, And that 40% is a loaded cost, so it has to include everything that I would pay for a technician, FICA, FUTA, shoulda, woulda, coulda, uh, all my taxes, uh, uh, education, uniforms, uh, any training, travel, uh, holidays, PTO in California, you got three days PTO dictated by the state. Um, you know, I've got to be able to uh, make that affordable. And there is this idea of you have a posted rate, and a lot of shops don't understand the difference between their posted rate and their effective rate. So your posted rate is what you put on the wall or what you estimate by. I'm $120 an hour. And, uh, and that's what I charge. So that's a three hour job. That's the customer to get charged $360 in labor. But if your technician takes four hours to do that job, then your effective labor rate just went down. Um, and if you're doing oil changes, you're probably 60 to $80 an hour when you do oil changes. So every oil change you do, you bring your labor rate down. Uh, when you have discounts, uh, we're going to do Oh, Mr. Customer, I know that, uh, uh, you know, this isn't something you planned for. I know the car was here last week. It's not something we did, but I'm going to help you out. Uh, I'll give you the labor uh, or you buy the parts. Now my labor rate just came down to zero. And then we have comebacks where my tech has to uh, redo the work. Not his fault. He didn't screw up. The part was bad. Um, uh, Something else went wrong with it, uh, uh, you know. And uh, I've got to pay my tech another three hours to do that same water pump a second time, and I'm not getting paid for it. So my labor rate comes down and down and down. Every shop owner has to understand their effective labor rate and has to manage their effective labor rate because that's the reality of what I get paid. So I got a shop owner recently out at his shop, $120 labor rate, $84 posted, excuse me, $120 posted labor rate, $84 $84 effective labor rate, and he's paying one of his lead technicians. By the time you add everything in with the FICA, the FUTA, and everything, about 56 bucks an hour. Wow. So there's no money left in the pile to pay the bills and take some money as an owner of the business. So you got to understand that effective labor rate deal yes. and, and how that works for you, right? Um, uh, Patrick, you have a comment? Yeah, I'd like to add something. Um, you know, it's kind of circle back on what I was talking about before. It's not just about, you know, we're not preaching just raise your labor rate. You know, it's, it's about, it's about elevating your business to a level of professionalism that customers should, they should expect from us that, that they haven't gotten in the past. And, and, and Rocky touched on it. You know, we're not grease monkeys anymore. These are, these cars today are highly advanced and you need to have, an ex- I mean, a, an engineering level uh, education to understand how to repair these things, um, at least if you're doing it right. Uh, and and we, we as an industry need to understand that it's not just, a, oh, I got to raise my labor rate so I can make more money. It's not about that. That's part of it. But we have to bring more value to the customers. You know, I, I do... Uh, loaner cars and I wash every car because I want my customers to expect a level of professionalism from my business that they weren't getting before. And that's really the key uh, to what the, the crux of this, you know, it's, it's, it's about bringing more value and a, and a higher level of professionalism that will attract not only customers, but employees to your business. Did we did we blank out? You're 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 oh. just cutting in and out a little bit. Like, oh, we're having some okay. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> no worries. I think we got your I think we got your your gist in your message. And here's here's my here's my take uh, over the last forty years because I've been doing this forty years now. Uh, Rocky, you might have me beat by a year or so. Maybe not. Maybe I got you beat. <laughs> no, you uh, got me beat. <laughs> um, 
the, 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 we've played to the lowest common denominator, not the highest yeah. common denominator That's as right. an industry. Um, the, the cost of entry is more expensive today than it's ever been into the industry, but it's still not dramatic. Somebody can go down to Sears, uh, you know, spend a couple thousand on tools and, uh, you know, go into California, pay their, you know, hundred and uh, their $300 to the bar or $400 or whatever it is today and have a license to be an automotive shop, put a sign up, uh, you know, and, uh, and they're open for business. Uh, entry costs, maybe 10 grand. Yeah. Uh, to get into the thing, that's a guy with a single bay or two, you know, might have a rack, might not have a rack, uh, whatever. And, and he's in business. I'm not saying that we, that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that if that guy charges 65 bucks an hour when he should be charging 120, that's a bad thing for everybody. It's a bad thing for the industry. It's a bad thing for the customer. Uh, uh, it's a bad thing for uh, everyone. Yes. Um, uh, Rocky, how do we, how do we raise the awareness in the industry besides podcasts? Uh, you know, how can we get this message across that, uh, uh, more is better and more is absolutely necessary for the future? Well, um, one, one shop owner at a time, um, we <laughs> preach this constantly in our association about, to charge, to charge right, to charge correctly in order to not only stay in business, but also be able to sustain for a long period of times. And, you know, uh, I want to touch on that. Uh, I get asked quite a bit, you know, um, hey, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into this business. What do you think I should be doing? Right? Run. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, besides running, <laughs> um, so I said, look, you know, okay, so what are you, technician? Yeah, I'm a technician. Okay, great. So you, you, know your, you know your work, you know your business as far as working on the car is concerned, but you probably don't have any idea in business. You have, you have no idea in marketing. You have, so if you want my advice, I would, I would advise you to go to take a one-on-one on business on a, on a community college. Take 101 in uh, in marketing, and and even even if you wanted to extend yourself, take 101 in psychology, or you know, and to just to realize to to figure people out a lot faster than what you usually do, to to look at situations before they arise, to figure out how you're going to have conversations with people, and so and those are the you know those are actual when you com combine all of to together that's when you're going to have a viable business along with uh, creating goals for the future short term mid term long term long term goal being uh, for example your um, uh, you know retirement uh, mid term goal would be hey you know I'm I'm really thinking about uh, purchasing my own building. And the short-term goal, it, oh, um, how am I going to pay? My techs are going to go up every every year. My rent is going up every year. My I'm going to buy uh, uh, Wizbank 9000, like Mainland says. I want to buy that Wizbank 9000, <laughs> and I need to pay for that. And, uh, and all of those things that I want to do, those are short-term calls. So how do I... How do I set myself and my rate to a to where I can accomplish these short, mid, long, right? That and you, those are the things that we try to concentrate in in and uh, in, in um, bringing awareness to the shop owners that they need to be doing, especially the young ones, younger ones, and like you said, especially the younger ones are more vulnerable in exiting the uh, industry uh, earlier than the older ones. The older ones have learned kind of how to fi figure it out, how to do it. But even though some of them are still back, we're in dark ages, but I'm, again, I, I'm in reality, okay? I'm not, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna talk real. But, um, so anyway, those are, the, you know, the, it's constant uh, conversations. People like yourself, Cecil and uh, Patrick, involved in the industry people that are coaches like yourselves i urge i urge 
anyone that doesn't have a coach and needs they need to figure this out to have a coach to to go after and finding out how to get involved with a coach for them to uh bring themselves up to a level where they can charge properly they can look at the future properly you know if you have future is a lot more clearer for you if you put those glasses on that you can see better in the future wouldn't you have a better time wouldn't you have your attitude change wouldn't you be a lot calmer instead of being nervous angry all the time trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen next month or next year so it, all of these things contribute to a long-term um, career that you've created for yourself that you want to be in. And w by doing all that and, and engaging other, other shop owners to, to, to do the same thing and being, you know, mixing it all up and, and bringing the industry up, you're bringing not only yourself up, but other people up too, and your industry is going. There is no. I have. I don't believe in competitor. I don't have. I don't have a competitor. Yeah. There is no competition for what I do. No. You know. So uh, anyway, so I'm, I don't want to wear too much off of labor rate, but but you really you really have to put all that together to figure out what you need to charge. Forget about what the guy next door is charging. Yeah. That's not your problem. Your problem is to figure out what you need to stay alive, to make enough money, to do all of those things that you want to do. Yeah, and do a great wouldn't job it, for your employees and a great job for your customers. Exactly. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if we could get every person coming into the industry into uh, a basic financial class to understand the automotive business and, and how money plays out? And wouldn't it be great if we could get them into a basic management Yep. Uh, leadership class, um, you know, would that change the industry? You know, Rocky, yep. you said earlier, we're doing this one shop at a time. Yep. Uh, I've been doing it one shop at a time for 15 years now. <laughs> and and uh, I'm going to die uh, before I have the kind of impact that I really want to have. Yeah. Um, uh, Don't this worry, I'll take over. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Cecil, you're... I want it now, dude. <laughs> you're, Cecil, you're part... Please, don't... Uh, you're part of the solution for this industry. You're part of you're part of the plus, yeah. and if we can't give up. We gotta continue. We're always going to continue. We're never going to give up. And no, I'm not the, giving. I'm not giving up until I die. So when then Patrick <laughs> has it, then Patrick's taking over. <laughs> um, you know, isn't it great though that we have some younger people in this industry? I'm so um, I'm so energized by the younger people in the industry. Yep. Uh, uh, they have a, they have the energy I used to have, right. You know, and the, and the, and the drive I used to have, uh, it is so fun being around, uh, these younger people and, and watching them learn and grow. It's, it's exciting. It's the, my yeah. son is over here doing a dance. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a, so, um, we, we love by, him. By the way, Cecil, I want to thank Kent. Uh, he's a, he's a great, great guy. I really appreciate all his efforts to put this thing together. Thank you, Kent. Yeah, thank you for doing that. He's a, he is a great guy. I'm very proud of that one, uh, um, and I don't tell him enough. So don't anybody tell him I said that. I don't want him to know. <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to uh, 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 let's go back to to the labor rate uh, issue. Um, how do I charge? I, I mean, I'm I'm asking the question. I know the answers. I'm not I'm not asking the question so that I, so that I. Uh, uh, because I don't know what it is, but how do I charge more than the guy right next to me that is doing kind of what I do? Uh, how do, how do I do that? Uh, Patrick, you know, um, a lot of guys really struggle with this idea that, uh, you know, a customer says, Hey, but I can get it done cheaper at Billy Bob's down the street. How, how do I charge more? How do I make that happen uh, in my business? If my labor rate has to be higher because my expenses are higher, I pay my tax better. I have better tax. How do I charge more? How do I need to think about that? You have to, first of all, you've got to get past the fear. Um, everybody's so afraid of their customers that they're going to leave or, uh, you know, bite their head off or I don't know. Um, <laughs> get rid of the fear. Um, this, you, you got to let it go. Um, you, you, and you have to be prepared to defend uh, why you charge that much, uh, your value proposition. What do you bring to the table that you can tell the customer? You know, I could go over the, there's a multitude of things. This is not 
a, a sales class, but your value proposition. Um, I have better technicians. Uh, we have a better warranty. We're going to use a quality part that's OE or better. We're going to provide a better warranty. That's why we charge more. Now, if you want to go to Billy Bob's, I understand. But remember, the worst money you ever spent is money that doesn't solve your problem, and we're going to take care of your problem one time. Don't forget the loan. And cars. I can have it Don't done by five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the loaner cars and the car That's wash. Right. Loaner cars, then, car wash. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think we forget the personal aspect. They're at your shop. They came to you. They called you. Um, they, they, they want to do business with you. How many of your uh, Rocky? How many of your customers do you think truly price shop you? And, uh, and uh, get on the phone after you talk to them. And, and what's that? Okay, so um, just so you guys know, I send out every time uh, we inspect, we, the car comes in, we inspect the vehicle, we uh, uh, do a digital DVI, we do a, a, a vehicle fault code in, uh, printout, we um, uh, do a battery charging and all that, and then we do an estimate. And we put all that together on a, on a PDF, scroll up PDF, and I send it to them without any problem. I send it so they know exactly what they're trying. That's the way I do it. I'm not saying that's what you should be doing. I'm just saying that's, that's the way I did. I have so much confidence in uh, what I do and how I do it, and that I'm definitely different than the guy next door or the guy across the street or, the, or across town that I have no problem for them to shop around if they wanted to because they're never going to get the quality that I can, I can give them. Nope. That's who I am, what I am. I sell myself constantly every day just like you guys do too. You know, we all do. But I don't have a problem. I think that if they need to go to other guy down the road, they should. Yep. And they're no longer my customer. That's so let, okay with me too. So, so let me let me ask you a question about that because th there's really kind of a divide right now in the industry among at least among consultants the way that I can see it. And there are some people out there teaching once the guy questions your price to negotiate with him, bring the price, don't ever let him leave your shop. Oh um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love that reaction, buddy. That's my reaction. Oh my god. They're taking me backwards 27 steps. Um, but, but why is that? Why why do you think Rocky that's not a good idea? Why do you think that that we shouldn't be doing that in our in our shop? Okay, so um, I'm a human being. I have a self worth. There's a certain amount of money I need to stay in business, and I need to get that in order to give the service the quality of service I need to give. And that price that I've gotten two as an estimate is not non-negotiable it's non-negotiable for myself it's non-negotiable for the client it's non-negotiable i cannot veer from that number and if i veer from that number there goes my some something has to give it's either going to be the quality or something else is going to give i can't give what's that my paycheck might be one of the things that has to yeah, right. be going to give uh, right. right. So, so therefore, I I cannot and will not. I won't have the now. It that doesn't mean that if a client of mine comes in and uh, you know and they want a bulb here and there or wipers or something like, I give that stuff away. Yeah. I have no problem doing that. Actually, you know, I always tell my clients just stop by. It takes five minutes. I'm gonna check the oil, check the lights, make sure everything is okay, check the tires. Uh, and you, you, you'll be on your way, no charge. I'm not but all charge. that's built into exactly. charging the right price. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it's, is, it, I have to earn it. If I earn it, then I can do whatever I need to for my customer. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, not, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm broke, if I'm not charging enough in the front, I can't provide um, a good pay for my tax. I can't provide medical. I can't provide a, a 401k or some kind of retirement. Um, and I can't provide all those nice things for my customers that they right. want. Now, the I, other I, thing, do you, oh. do you, Cecil? Do you? Um, when do you? Go, when you go? I always. I mean, I come up with example. I, I always use doctors because they're it's it's fantastic for me. It works great. Do you go to your doctor and say, "Hey, the other guy, the other doctor is going to charge you charge less. 
can you, you know, can you kind of bring your price down a little bit so we can negotiate? You know, do you ever do that? I mean, if you trust your optometrist to check your eyes out, do you negotiate because you got somebody else doing it cheaper? Do you do you trust them to do a better job than the other guy? I mean, do you do you does that number uh, vary who what your trust level is on that person? You know, <laughs> you know how bad it is with my doctor? I go to my doctor, and, of course, you know, I'm paying the copay and the this and the that, and then he wants to do um, um, blood work, you know, every other time, so I'm paying for that. And, you know, he sees a spot on my face, and before he even asks me, he's got the nitrogen out. He's burning that thing off. He doesn't even ask. He doesn't even – he says, hold on a minute. I'm going to take care of this. And then yeah. I get a – then there's a $79 – charge for you know a, a half an ounce of nitrogen and and three seconds of his time um uh in my last visit he said uh you know you got this weird thing going on we want to send you to a, a special optometrist because if you have a problem it's going to show up in your eyes uh and so i got to pay three times as much for this special optometrist because my insurance won't pay for it right yeah. <clears throat> and i don't even argue i just get it done because that's the right thing it's the guy that i trust right um, Absolutely. And, and I think if you, if you plan it right, again, you know, it kind of goes back to deciding who you want to be as a business, yes. um, uh, the beginning, right? I, I want to be professional. I want to, I want to feel professional. I want to look professional. I want to deal with these type of clients. I want to work on these types of cars. I think when you get there now, all of a sudden it kind of helps you set your, your tone and set your, where am I going to be? Right. You're going to, this is who I am, and so this is how I have to act. Uh, Patrick, how do, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel very good about it. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's, you know, um, I've, I took over a business uh, not too long ago, and, you know, all the tool – I'll just tell you a little story. All the tool guys in the area, everybody around me knows what's going on in my shop. And uh, they don't uh, believe it. Um, they don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. But what we've done is we've transformed um, <clears throat> a struggling business. Uh, it was a good business with good clientele into a professionally ran auto repair shop. Um, it, it, there's no other option for me. I, I, I've done the uh, struggling shop owner thing. Um, I've learned my lessons from that, and uh, that's not who I want to be. I want to be the shop that can provide a great warranty for my customers and, and, and look at the car and present the work and, and provide options for my clients. Uh, I want to be able to pay my techs well. Uh, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but that's who I want to be. Uh, if you want to be that other guy, there's, all, you know, there's a butt for every seat, you know, my dad used to always say, uh, it's unfortunate because if, if we all elevated our business, then it would just be a matter of who gave the best, gave the best service, right? Uh, it wouldn't be about price. I think it's still, in, in most cases, the way that I see it, it's about the best product and the best service. I don't, I don't, believe, I don't believe that the majority of the public is out there looking for price. I mean, I, I, I know that I get on the phone, I get a lot of price shoppers. But I, I really think what they're doing is they're asking the only question they know how to ask to try to figure out if I'm a good guy and I'm going to take good care of them and if the job's going to be done right and is the price going to be fair. I think my clients, they want a fair price. They want return on their investment. You know, if they, if they put money in, they want, to, they want to feel like they got value from whatever it is that, that we gave them, whether it's a consulting company or a or a uh, automotive shop. And I would tell you the same thing is true of me when I go out and I purchase something. I never go in and, in fact, I know I'm paying a higher labor rate because the guy that works on my cars is also one of my clients. So I know his labor rate's probably $20, $25 an hour higher than it was when we started because I keep pounding him to raise the labor rate. You know, we're, we're doing these series of um, short videos that are just really, here's a help for you. Um, uh, in the shop. So there's no, there's no, um, there's no hook on it. You know, there's no, you know, give us your email. It's just, Hey, you know, here's one of the ways. And the very first one that I did was raise your labor rate. You know, 
Uh, five bucks an hour. Typical shop, that's going to be somewhere between about 7 and $9 on an average ticket for your client. Probably put fifty to $60,000 in your bottom line uh, uh, into the year. And uh, for nine bucks, no client is going to argue with me for nine dollars um, on the on on a ticket. Uh, not none of mine, anyway. Um, and if they were going to argue with me for nine bucks, then they're probably not my client. And Billy Bob's down the street's a great place for them to be. They'll fit better there. They'll feel more comfortable there. And uh, even though Billy Bob maybe doesn't have the technicians that I have, uh, you know, they're not as good. Uh, maybe they make more mistakes than we do. Maybe they use a lower end product than we do. Um, that still is a good fit for the guy that's looking for the cheapest price. Right. right. Um, and, and, and that's okay. Right. I mean, I think this whole consulting thing right now where we're like, you can't lose any customer. Don't let them go anywhere. Get that money. <laughs> is is insane because yeah. you know, you can't put a square play, peg in a round hole. And if you try to, somebody's going to lose something, somebody's going to be uncomfortable. And I don't want to be the one that's uncomfortable, frankly. I mean, I, I know what I want out of this life. And Cecil, let me add to this that um, I, I know quite a bit of shops that have variable labor rates. Absolutely. We need to talk about that before we're done. So that's a great segue in. Go ahead. So there are um, not only there are softwares, if you're not going to uh, uh, be scrutinizing your numbers constantly every day or every week, there are softwares that are out there that will do that for you. So you put a, you plug in a number into the, from uh, end of the, uh, for plug it a desired gross amount into, into that software and it, it starts to count down as you go through cars. And it, uh, it varies the labor rate to, to help you achieve that, that number. And there is no uh, state of California, you don't have to have a one set number. You know, you, there is no laws against that or for that. And you don't have to post your uh, labor rate. Uh, only for smog in California. Only, only smog or break and lamp inspections or right. some, some weird stuff like yeah, that. smog. But other than that, you don't have to. So your labor rate can vary. Right. So in order to achieve what you need to achieve in end of the month, by end of the month. So those are the, the, the short, very, very short-term goals are, get, are being met by simply raising your labor rate. Making adjustments where you need to. Exactly. You know, it, it's funny. I, I book hotels and, and airfare all the time. And uh, if the hotel, if it's busy that, that week in the area that the hotel is, it costs me more money. Um, my rental car costs me more money. My airfare costs me more money depending on how busy they are and how many seats they need to fill. Upon, the, um, upon demand, yes. Yeah, it, and, and this is a, a very accepted uh, uh, thing in other industries. Now, um, I have shops that have varying uh, labor rates, uh, depending on, uh, like I have three diagnostics. I have a level one, a level two, and a level three. Uh, I, I always say you know nothing about the car until you plug that scanner in, just what the customer told you. And if I open the hood and there's a bunch of new parts on and some wires hanging, it went to a level three. It has to. I know it's yep. going to take more time. <laughs> we also have um, shops now that have varying labor rates based on the age of the car. Yes. If the car's uh, 15 years old or, or newer, it's uh, 120. If it's uh, 15 to 25, it's 130. And if it's past 25 years old, it's $140 an hour. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that it takes more time. There's more rust, more dirt, and chasing parts on an old car, I, I mean, I could have a service advisor spend hours trying to find that component. And in fact, what we might do is have to go to a junkyard, find something close, modify it, make it work on an old car. It's going to take a lot more of our time. Um, uh, Patrick, you have a varying labor rate in your I shop? Do. I do. I, I have two labor rates. Um, I have a fleet rate and I have my standard rate. Okay. Because I, 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 I do have a small... Uh, fleet uh, work. It's maybe 5% of what I do. Right. And you give them some deal. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make a comment here because I, I need to make it for all the other shops out there. Please do not chase fleet at a discounted rate until you make money with your clients and make enough money with your clients. <laughs> now, now you can chase all the fleet you want, unless you are a fleet only business. And then that's another game. Right. Now also in, in sales class, when we're teaching salespeople, 
Um, uh, when someone calls and says, what's your labor rate? Patrick, I'm going to ask you to answer that question because I'm pretty sure I know what that answer is going to be. Um, what's the answer to what's your labor rate on the phone? If somebody calls and asks me what my labor rate is, and I'll just tell them it depends on the job. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it depends we, on bill, the, we bill by the job. Right. It depends on the, yeah. it depends on the technician I need, uh, the skill level of the tech, the equipment needed to do the job. And in fact, I have some labor rates that are around $60, $70 an hour, but that's not important. What's, What's important is what do you get for what you pay, right? right? And that's the, that's the answer. And then you start talking about your unique selling proposition. Mm -hmm. So labor rate, you, you, if you do this right on the sales end, you have a labor rate, first of all, is your business that you need to have. I don't care what it is. If you need to be $200 an hour, you better be $200 an hour, and you better find a way to convince that customer that by paying $200 an hour, they're getting $300 worth of, of whatever, right, okay. benefit. Uh -huh. um, you, you, you also uh, uh, need to help the customer understand and create that additional value for your customer if your labor rate's going to be whatever your labor rate needs to be. Um, I think into sales training. Yeah, I think part of it's just topic. <laughs> confidence and ego, right? I mean, sure. um, you know, I'm worth $10,000 an hour or $10,000 a day. Uh, I mean, I make people hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, um, uh, uh, why not? Um, you know, and, and of course, that's not what I charge, guys. So don't, <laughs> don't take that. We're not $10,000 a day. Um, but, but really, I think that your ego and your confidence in your product um, really creates a lot of that and helps you answer those, th those questions or maybe not even have those questions from your, cu your customers. Um, all right. We're getting, uh, uh, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, we got a few minutes left. Uh, uh, Rocky, is there anything that we have not covered that you really wanted to get? Yeah. So, uh, Cecil, do you have, a um, a formula of how to get to, as far as numbers are concerned, if you have your numbers together, you have PNL, you have all these other numbers. To you have that, that formula that you can back into your labor rate, correct? The way that I back into my labor rate uh, uh, for for my shops really begins and and ends almost with what do I have to pay my top technician, not my lowest guy, but my top guy. So if I take my top technician and I'm paying him, let's say, thirty eight bucks an hour. Um, I have a load on top of that, uh, for the formula that we use when we're, um, you know, that, that's, that's a good formula. I add 30% on top of that $38. Yes. If I take that formula and I say, I, I, I it's 38 times 1.3, I'm actually paying 4940. Hmm. Now I, I need, I need that to be 40% of, uh, of whatever I'm charging. So I believe if I divide it by points. 0.4, uh, um, uh, let me get there uh, one more time, divided by 0.4, that's going to tell me 123.50 is what I need to be in order to pay this technician. And I always use my top tech, not my middle. Um, and, and, and here's why. When, when I plan in my business, I always, at, you know, I always round up for the business uh, because for me, if I provide value to my clients, it doesn't matter what I charge, but I need to make a certain amount of money in my company. You know, I've got staff to pay and I have to put on a certain image. Uh, we have to, I have to buy shirts with our logos and nice shirts. And, and, you know, we have to, I have to travel and I have to pay for that. And, and um, <clears throat> if I don't charge enough, then there's always this worry that's on my shoulders about how do I pay the bills and then I can't be good for my clients. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think it, it suffers. So the formula is to take whatever you're paying your top tech, uh, multiply that times 1.3 because you're adding that 30% load. That's a, that's a good number in most states. Uh, that number used to be 1.25. And we moved it up to three because now in California, you got a PTO. And in other states, there are benefits that, that have to be provided. And someday it might be 1.4, but today it's 1.3. And then divide that by 0.6, and it's going to tell you whatever you need to charge. Now, here's one more kicker, Rocky. You have to take into account productivity in your business if you're paying hourly or salary to any technician. And so once you have that 123.50 based on a $38 tech, 
Now I have to throw productivity in there. So if my productivity is 70%, I have to divide that number by 0. 0.7. Yep. You gotta add and, another 30%. and that tells me I need to charge $176.43 an hour in order to uh, make the profit margin I need to on labor. Now, I have some shops that are $200 an hour. They're specialty shops. They're in uh, uh, bigger cities. Uh, I have some shops in San Francisco that are uh, 190 195 uh, I would tell you my average shop is probably around 130 or 140 uh, around the United States. And, of course, if you're in Arkansas, the Deep South, uh, a lot of those labor rates are a little bit lower than they are in other, other places. I don't know that they should be, but they are. Um, so how do I charge 176 You know, you can't. Um, unless you are in certain places, you might be able to get away with that. I mean, I, I, I would do it. I wouldn't have a problem, but again, I've got the ego and the, and the, uh, uh, the confidence that I think I could get that without an issue. Um, I don't even care what the dealer's charging. Uh, um, but, but that tells you how important understanding your business financially and how important productivity is, uh, for your business, because there's so many shops losing, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year in, in productivity from their technicians. Um, and so take a class. Um, uh, uh, I don't care who you go to. Uh, there's a lot of good trainers. Tons of them. In the industry. There's some great people here. So if you don't like me, if I, if I remind you of your ex-husband or something, and, and uh, then, then uh, you know, take a class from, uh, from Bill or uh, uh, you know, Bill Greeno. Anybody. Or, or uh, you know, take a class from Malin or, you know, uh, ESI or or even um, uh, uh, Management Success or Arlo Connor, take a yep. class and, and, and uh, start to understand your financials and, and give yourself the confidence that you need to be successful uh, uh, in, in the business. All right, um, we got uh, three minutes left. Uh, 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 Patrick, last words? Um, well, uh, it was great seeing you guys and I appreciate you having me on. Um, don't be afraid of your customers. Um, I would just like to add something to what Cecil said. If, you, if you've got some good technicians and you would like to pay them more, uh, work backwards from what you would like to pay them and base your labor rates on that. And that's a good starting point. Um, yeah, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, fear will uh, paralyze and cripple you. Um, if you need any help, reach out. I'm on Facebook. I'd be glad to help anybody. Um, Tatsu and I are going to uh, ASCCA shop. Uh, we're going to go give him a hand for the day. Um, yeah, we're here to help. Uh, if, even if you can't afford to pay and you just need a phone call, you need some advice, feel free to reach out. We, we're here to help. That's it. I, I'll second that. In, in my company, you know, I, I spent about an hour and a half uh, online yesterday with a, a shop. Guy's not at a point where he can afford us. To, you know, he's a single guy. He's doing about 70000 a year in sales. And, um, yeah, it, it's a little scary, frankly. But I gave him about four or five things to do that ought to double or triple that mm -hmm. uh, in the next few months. And uh, it, it's a no-charge thing. We want to we help. In fact, we want to get you to the point where you can afford us. So, so <laughs> um, we'd love to help that's you. That's the goal. Yeah. Uh, and so, Cecil, just so you know, ASCCA is not just about collecting the best shops in, in California. It's not about getting, you know, the, the top tier shops. It's also engaging and uh, making the membership with the shops that need to come up. They need the help. We're here for that. And the ASCCA will help you to uh, elevate and unite. And yeah. that is the elevating and uniting is the only way out of what we already, what we're in. And... Thank you very much, Cecil. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you, Kent, on the background. I know he's back there somewhere. He's back there. <laughs> Making sure I do it right. <laughs> I, I really appreciate this, and I, I don't know how else I could thank you guys. No um, worries. Um, Cecil has been around for a long time. He's always been a friend of ASCCA. And again, thank you very much, Cecil. I don't know if you know, but I was on the board for uh, uh, several years back yes. in the 90s. So yes. I started Chapter 30 a long time ago <laughs> That's when right. I was a lot skinnier and had a lot more hair. Wasn't um, that Palm Springs chapter? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palm Springs. Yep. Thank um, you for all you've done. Thank you're you. You're welcome. And I'm going to keep doing it because I believe in this industry. I love this industry. And, you know, we, we, want, we want a rising tide. We want to help everyone be successful in the industry yep. from the 
the, the single shop with the single guy struggling to the big shops, it doesn't matter. We want everyone to do the job and, and, and make a real living and, and create a great industry. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we have a great, we have so many great people in our industry. It's amazing. Um, I want to thank everyone that, uh, that spent the time to watch this and that will spend the time to watch this. We will be reposting it. You can find it on uh, iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, and you'll find it on our, our website as well as ASCCA, and we'll also get a few other people to get it posted on their sites. Um, uh, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, I look forward to doing this again sometime with you, Rocky. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have thank a great you. day. Thanks, Patrick. To learn more about the Automotive Service Councils of California, visit their website, www.ascca.com. You can find other great content like this by visiting iforabe.com forward slash podcasts. Join the conversation to help the industry by visiting the Institute Group on Facebook as well as the ASCCA Facebook page. On behalf of the ASCCA and the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence, thanks for listening.